Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 18. Welcome to episode 18 of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Wednesday night, I believe. I think. I think it's Wednesday night. Um, We've got a great show for you tonight. I'm really excited about this one. But before we get there, let's talk about some sponsors. Of course, we have Lorenzotti.com coffee for all your delicious italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door bring the taste of italy home it's great stuff use btc at checkout for a 10 percent discount uh they have beans they have grounds they have uh, like a hand grinder all kinds of really cool stuff check them out uh of course toplobster.com my partner in crime he's the man for all of your wonderful graphic needs um go to his website he has some of the coolest gear online you can also use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. I, however, am not wearing Top Lobster tonight. I am giving a virtual or a visual shout out to my friends at the Mad Ones, uh, Cam Harless and Jessica. They have a wonderful show. You should definitely check them out on YouTube and smash that subscribe button for them. I'm sure they would appreciate it. And of course, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency planning needs. Uh, these people are wonderful people. I, I'm getting to know them a lot more through the Discord chat. They become executive producers of my show. Um, they're doing a job that the government sucks at, and you should use them instead of the government. That said, um, we have some cool guests tonight. So uh, Joshua Smith, or Josh Smith, I think he goes by Josh more than I do. I usually go by Joshua, but that's my name twin. So if you guys watch the credits of the show, you'll see that uh, Josh Smith my name twin, I give a huge shout out to. The show might not have happened without him. Certainly not um, Certainly not as soon as it did start. And of course, his wonderful partner, Lane Miner. Let's see, how are you guys doing? We're awesome. We're awesome. Hanging in there? We're so excited. Nice, <laughs> nice. So the show's going to be probably a little different than what people are used to. We're definitely just going to hang out and chill and talk about some cool things. Um, they may ask me questions. Um, for for the, some of you guys probably don't know, but Josh is wearing a wonderful Break the Cycle shirt. Yeah, this that is, off, man. This is not a shirt from the show. This was a shirt from when I was running for chair in 2020. Um, Josh found me on Twitter. We had the same name. He's like, yo, I got to get one of these shirts. It's got my name on it. Um, <laughs> so I, he ordered it. I sent it to him. And then he became a libertarian, right? Yes. So how That's did, the story. Well, how did <laughs> yeah, that go? No. Like, I don't remember exactly how we connected on Twitter, like through what, who I was following, but you were like, Hey, buy these shirts. And I was like, that's cool. Like I, I liked libertarians. I was a Republican. I was kind of a dummy. Um, and you know, and I was, and I found you and then you kept saying all these smart things. Like I was like, Oh, Oh no. <laughs> like I've been so wrong. Um, and you know, and, and you just kept saying good stuff and you, you connected me with other people that were saying really good stuff. And I, I was like, uh Oh, I, I really, you know, we, you, you talk about it, like getting red pilled, but that's how it happened is just because we have the same name and, and without it, I would still be like, woo, Trump or whatever. I don't know. I, 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 were you ever dread. like Trump? No, okay. but I dread to think what Republican I would be a fan of at this point <laughs> if it weren't for you. Cool. So here we are. Man, I love you. Love to see it. You know what I mean. And of course, Lane, you're wearing a wonderful Libertarian Party yeah. Mises Caucus shirt. So yep. not only did you guys become Libertarians, you became Mises Caucus members and also joined your state and local affiliate. Correct? Yeah. 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 So, so he did that first. And I, the, the reason I have this one, this is the ask me why I'm an anarchist one, because I was like political, everything is stupid. And I can't even think about it because it's too depressing and there's no hope. And like, <laughs> basically I was full on black belt before I even knew that was a thing. I was just like, I, I can't pay attention to any of that. There's just no point. It's um, all ruined. It's all ruined. It's all it's all downhill from here and always has been. And then you got more involved and we would talk about it and and I was still like, okay. And from the time I was little, I was sort of like, I think people in authority are dumb. Like, this is my sort of one of my foundational principles. People in positions of authority don't seem to get there via merit. They just are there and then they're dumb. And then I have to do what they say. And I think I'm against that. So I'm sort of like tiny anarchist <laughs> all the way up to now. And sure. I was like, the point of 
a political party is to fit into the system as it exists. And I happen to think the system as it exists is stupid. So why would I join a political party? And we went back and forth. And actually, funnily enough, we were watching your show, the one, who's the guy who's really young, who does like the really short videos that like... Oh, Drew, uh, Drew Hancock. Yeah, Drew, yeah, yes, thank you. He was on and he was like, yeah, actually all you have to do to be like on board, to be a, a, a white pill, whatever you usually say, gray pill, but... Yeah, I'm gray pill, yeah. To be like libertarian enough is to think that there it's not all completely hopeless, that maybe there might be a chance of something good happening. And I was like, oh, oh, I can do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I agree. And, and I, you know, that's, that's why... I technically you could I would fall under the white pill category, right? Like I mm-hmm. I'm optimistic. I believe that, you know, we don't have to lose, right? Yeah. But I say gray pill because I'm still a little skeptical of the ends. You know what I mean? I'm still a little skeptical mm-hmm. at this point and I do push so hard for a national divorce. I do think that it's going to be very hard for us going forward to live peacefully with people who want to take control of my medical uh health in the name of safety or whatever the hell it is. And so um <laughs> So, so I, 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 you know, I work with the party. I do what I, I do what I can for the party. I'm on the national committee. I still want to grow the party. I still think it's the best political vehicle in the country as far as uh, principles goes. Maybe not, maybe not the best political vehicle in the country as far as, um, you know, uh, efficacy goes. But you know, we're getting there. We're working on it. And wonderful people like you are the reason why. You know, that are like, hey, we could do that. We could show up to a, a bar once a month with a bunch of weird libertarians <laughs> and have a beer. You know, why not? no it's like i know every county affiliate for the libertarian party around the country is what it is um someone someone in the uh in the chat said which josh has the better beard and i just want to make it known that it's definitely nice. josh smith and not joshua smith yeah it's, de- it's yeah. not even close uh, my beard <laughs> i could my mom my mom's in the chat she'll tell you that i could not grow a beard until i was like 35 years old 34 years old uh, and it was it was rough you know to not be able to grow a beard so as soon as i was able to start filling it in on the cheeks i was like yeah that's it well, here we go beard time you know um, and i felt more manly ever since how about you yeah definitely you uh i don't know that i feel more manly but i hate shaving so there's that <laughs> it's helpful I, I've had to shave since I was like, I don't know, 14 and it was terrible. And so I'm, I'm really glad about the beards. I think that I did this, I started growing it out cause COVID and I didn't have to go see anybody and I just liked it. And now it's like really cool and it grew out really well. So yes, I am happy to uh, have the best beard of the two of us, but <laughs> you're coming on strong. So. I'm trying, man. I'm working really hard. Yeah. I also had to start shaving when I was like 15. Uh, but it was like some peach fuzz on my upper lip yeah. and like one or two little chin hairs. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I'm not able, was never able to grow a beard until my thirties. Um, and in, yeah. in fact, the funny thing is, is uh, I got alopecia really bad. Um, oh no! Like like five or six years ago, um, and my hair started falling out in patches on my head, and it oh, no. was like that for like a year and a half or two years. I mean, it lasted a while. And then when it came, when all my hair grew back, then I started being able to grow a beard. So. Whoa! Thank yeah, you. weird autoimmune thing. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> that's crazy. That's how that works with autoimmune diseases. They're just weird, and weird stuff happens. Yeah. Top, Top Lobster says he's drawn. He's drawn both of our beards, and yours has. You have the superior beard. He can tell you <laughs> from drawing it. Tell Top Lobster. I guess I could tell him. Like yeah. we really want the big print of mm-hmm. the the show art. So get cracking on that, man. Get, yeah. get crack a lack and doggy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, and just so you guys know that are watching the stream tonight, I appreciate you. Uh, I did, I think, uh, turned off the super chat and new follower function on the screen, so I don't think you have to deal with that anymore. Um, I hope, God, I hope it was. Yeah, it was if wrong. any of you, if any of you are not subscribers, hit subscribe all at once right now, and then we'll know. And then we'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you guys aren't subscribed to this channel, go ahead and start hitting subscribe now. Uh, and and if you guys could share this on other platforms when we go live, I'd love it if you guys would just start retweeting and 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 put it out on your Facebook and MeWe or Minds or whatever the hell else you got. You know, I think we have a pretty decent show here. It's not the best show online. But it looks the best, and that's the important thing. I think it's got the three of us, so that's yeah. the best show online right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Literally no better use of anyone's time than <laughs> listening to us right now. I agree. It's Wednesday night. What else are you going to do? I mean, yeah. eat chicken strips yeah. and watch Netflix? Come on. Get, get with you, the program. 
have you watched live TV, like regular TV? Like we grew up in the 80s, right? And we watched, there was no Netflix. Have you watched live TV recently? It's so bad. It's literal garbage. I have not watched. So the only live TV I really watch anymore is sports. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, my mom said a super chat. She said, mama testing to see. (laughs) I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't know if it was going to go bum 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 bum, yeah. but somebody will know. Oh, so. now you guys are telling on me. Okay, so so for future reference, uh, people watching the show, uh, the, my guests do not actually see me the way that you're seeing me. They see a different webcam that is uh, not the same as the stream, and so nobody knows what's going on on the show that's on my show. It's unfortunate <laughs> and sad, but uh, it's the way it has to be currently. So why don't you guys talk a little bit about what you do for a living? Yeah, so we work for a software company. We both work for the same company. We have actually the same job, but we cover different areas of the country. Although right now we're all remote, so it's sort of moot. It's just like we're on Zoom or whatever with different customers. Um, And our job is basically, I typically explain it as we are nerds. We have IT backgrounds, both of us. Um, So we're nerds who support sales teams when they go out to talk to customers and help customers with their issues or try to sell them a thing that the company sells. Um, and that's, that's what we do for a living. We also have, so on the graphic, the little light bulb with soul repairs on it, that's our, we have a blog that we write. Um, we've been generating content of various kinds together for four years. I think like four years since about 2017. Um, and we do like, we go to nerd conferences. If any, if there's any, there's a lot of overlap between, I think, IT people and libertarians. So just in case any of um, the nerd libertarians out there who are listening have heard of um, the No Fluff Just Stuff tour of conferences, like UberConf and ArtConf, those kind of conferences. We speak on that tour circuit outside of work just because we want to, and they let us for some reason that I'm still a little fuzzy on. Um, I lost my turn of thought. Well, can I pick up? Please. That's how we do. <laughs> so... So a long time ago, we were trying to implement technology and we would keep talking about good technology. And what we realized was that uh, that technology without people doesn't work. Um, and and then we started working on some of the cultural things and learning that you know, top down control and centralized control doesn't work. And actually, that's that's where a lot of the thinking in technology is right now, even big tech, which sometimes isn't very libertarian, um, they'll, they'll inside be preaching this, you know, p- push the decision-making out to the edge, no centralized authority, mm-hmm. let empower people, let them make their own good decisions um, because the centralized planning just doesn't work. And everybody in IT figured that out. And it doesn't work in that it's slow. Sure. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest reason why corporations and are stupid. all... Yeah, but why like a C-level, a CEO or something would care is because it's slow to get change out the door, which can make a company obsolete right now. Yeah, they have to make money. Yeah, Yeah. like the U.S. government doesn't have to make money. They can just print more, (laughs) but a company like does right now. they can just make their own. um, (laughs) And so they have to compete. And so they've learned that, that like this centralized thing doesn't work. And so... One of the things that we found was if we talk about cultural change and how to really implement technology well, we have to also talk about culture. And what we found is that companies don't naturally give up authority very voluntarily. No, they do not. No. So they really like, like everybody loves, (laughs) not everybody, but a lot of people love control, right? Like if there was a theme to the political and technological things, it's that some people really love control and they don't want to give it up. And they want everything to go through them, and that causes a lot of problems. And so that's what we talk about a lot in our conferences yeah. and at work. And the culture change we do there is, hey, like let's empower these people and and build better culture. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, and that's you know, it, it, especially especially currently in like the crypto world. I mean, everything's moving to decentralization, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. DeFi. I mean, it's you know, and 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 it's it's a libertarian cause pushed over to technology and actually I was talking about your blog we've I've been reading over your blog you guys should definitely go follow this blog it's actually really cool it's soul uh, uh I'm sorry I can't read that is it a soul dash oh dash it's a dash sorry yeah I, I swear I have good eyes uh soul dash repairs.com um 
definitely check it out and read it. But you guys have a, a, a blog post titled DevOps equals libertarianism equals DevOps. Uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, we are I mean, talking I, about it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we kind of we kind of are. We kind of spoiled it. So, so the way that we make content usually is one of us will have an idea or see a pattern. Um, and the the areas I think that we're sort of accidentally or on purpose constantly monitoring for patterns or ideas or technology, now libertarianism or the government in general or like the state of the U.S. Um, and then religion. Um, and there are there's a lot of overlap there, actually, which is what if you go to our blog and read, you'll see those three things sort of interwoven because the patterns are similar. So that one actually was your like brainchild. And then like we argue about it for a while or talk about it and then like we'll just spit out content and make it good. So it was sort of like it was sort of what you were already explaining, which was the idea of decentralized decision making um, and not control. That's the whole concept behind DevOps, which is if you're not familiar with it, it's it has about 50,000 different meanings. But basically what it is, is the the idea that developers and operations people or operations people are the ones who run and take care of the infrastructure that things run on. They're, those groups of people butt heads constantly like they hate each other because they have competing priorities often. Um, and so DevOps is like make those people not hate each other anymore, sort of. But really what it is, is give people the ability to make their own decisions and sort of own their own stuff and make it good. And then and have shared goals and have shared goals and communicate. And and then if you can swing that, everything moves faster and people are actually happier, which sounds a lot like libertarianism. Actually, if you just sort of let people make their own decisions and stop trying to control them, then they get to be happy. And actually, people will default in both arenas. If you leave them alone, most people will default to being good people. They I honestly believe that. Yeah. And. And some of this gets back to their leadership as well. The yeah. the people saying, well, you have to do this and those people are have different goals and don't work with them. It, I think there are a lot of parallels to the current political state that we have where we have different political parties saying the other party, that all of them are evil and they want to destroy you. And when you, when you kind of come out of that and become you ignore the duopoly for a second, then you can say like, oh, actually I have a lot of Republican friends and I have a lot of Democrat friends and they're not evil. They're just people who are scared and they've been told a lot of lies about each other. And so uh, we, we wanted to talk about that and there's, a, there's some other stuff in there. Um, we get a little spicy with our, how much we hate the government on our blog. <laughs> Um, good. So. If not there, where? Can I mean, we, well, first of all, uh, shout out to Quest Fanning for the the uh, the super chat. I appreciate you. We we did fix the issue. I know that now. Um, but we need to talk about quite possibly the most important blog post you guys have ever made on there. Um, the title is oh. "Stuff We Love Kilts." <laughs> Do we oh no. Are we big, are we big fans of kilts? Is that what's He's going on? He's wearing right now. You can't you can't see it. Yeah. He's got a kilt on. He yep. just wears Are you on. legitimately wearing a kilt? Yeah. I'll, yeah. You're going to do a little fashion so, show? So proud of you right now. You really are. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. I have the I just want everyone to know that I had the best name twin. That's, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, so the other thing about kilts is I also ride a motorcycle with with the mm -hmm. kilt on. Mm -hmm. And you will not get comments <laughs> like you will get when you wear a, mo a kilt riding a motorcycle. I, like, I, um, he's like speechless. I like, don't, yeah. I, wow. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like that'd be scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were, we went somewhere, uh, with some paperwork we had to do and mm -hmm. got off the motorcycle, walked in the door, and a lady was like, man. You got to have some, uh, and then she, she was going to say like cojones or something. Yeah. Right. And then she thought about like the literal implications <laughs> of what she was about to say. And then I think she said like some guts or something. Yeah. It was <laughs> so great. Anyway, this is the life that we lead. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Cause you could have came back with like, I could lift the kilt up so you could see, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People um, have, have asked me questions to that end. Yeah. And I've said no. about your underwear status way, way more, more than I used to. Way more. It's yeah. it's really awkward. But 
This is my life. I roll with it. And, I, and I'm very comfortable. Like, read the blog. There are yeah. lots of good reasons. Shout out to Damn Near Kiltum for letting me buy their kilts. They're also super for having comfy. a great name. Like, yeah. for punning well, they also yeah. should that is a, a really, That is a really good name for a kilt uh, manufacturer. I mean, there's just no right? doubt about yeah. it. Damn Near Kiltum. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have another friend named Zach from Nebraska uh, who wears a kilt almost all the time. So, I get yep. it, man. I get it. I uh, It's not my thing. I don't wear him, but maybe, you know, maybe I could be persuaded to kilt, kilt him. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. They could be a sponsor of the show. You my, never know. My mom says that I'm uh, descended from Robert the Bruce on one side, so I should be wearing a kilt. Wow. Is what she yeah. says. Yeah. Which is funny. Uh, that must mm-hmm. that must be my mom's side where the, where they're a lot a lot wider. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, what was another one I want to talk about? Oh, let's talk about why your favorite villain is Joker. Oh man, uh, you need no. You need to take this one. Uh, start. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of there are a lot of different jokers, right? The the most recent movie, Joaquin Phoenix. The Joker looks at society and says, "This is completely broken." Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people tried to say a lot of things about that movie, but it he lived in an insane world that didn't actually care about people. Right. And you can't live through 2020 and wonder, Oh no, maybe he Mm -hmm. had a few points, right. You know? Um, and then, but I think my favorite Joker of all of the Jokers is the Heath Ledger Joker. Um, because, and we'll, the blog post is good and explains it better in detail, but basically the first section of the movie is, him poking at all of the people who are what what you would call blue pilled. They they believe the world is fine and it's going to work out and the authority figures are good and everybody is kind and he just pokes holes in everybody's plans and he keeps also the bad guy like the bad guys in the beginning of the movie the mob where sure. he's like they're like well the world's kind of messed up but we totally have control of this yeah. because we're bad enough that we've we've managed to swing that. Yeah. And it's a beautiful love story to being a chaotic and flexible person because mm-hmm. Batman is like, I'm going to do everything to control it. I'm going to mm-hmm. sacrifice my life and be completely miserable and give up on the girl that I love, but I will keep control of everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, and for me, I think that's just repugnant. I think that's terrible. You can't control everyone. Like trying to is a, is a false plan and so the joker keeps poking at everybody like did you know your plans were bad mm-hmm. um and and we really feel that because in our lives in our personal lives we run into all these people who try to control us and themselves and everybody else and and they're sitting there white knuckling their hold on their reality they made up and we're like did you know that's not really real mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. and then they look at us like we're the villain so you know we identify yeah. a little bit with that yeah and I think the first time I ever watched a movie and was like, I think the villain was right here actually was the Avengers with Thanos, like the first Thanos movie where actually all th- there's a, there's a blog post about this too, because it was kind of like blew my mind, but Thanos, he's like, he's organized. He's got a plan. He's internally consistent. Like he sticks to his plan the whole way through. Yeah. He sacrifices in order to maintain consistency with that plan and actually, he executes well, which is a skill basically nobody has. Sure. So, yeah. like, I watched that movie and I was like, oh, no, I'm supposed to hate him. And I'm kind of like, nice, bro. Like, good job there, Thanos. I mean, evil, but still, your plan was dumb, but you executed it well. Well, and Thanos, I think, I think for me, Thanos was definitely like... Uh... He was more tortured than what people gave him credit for. Yeah. You know I mean? He he wasn't doing it like, yeah, okay, he wanted to get rid of half of all the beings in the universe, right? But for him, he was doing it because he, he really truly believed it was the right thing to do and the only way to save the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start to, you get to think about that, you know, and then you're like, you're like, well, maybe Fauci isn't so bad, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah there are memes about that i'm just kidding there are memes about that somebody called me somebody called me uh somebody called me thanos on one of the streams in the chat a, cu- a couple days ago like i was the something thanos and i was like uh okay yeah whatever that's fine i'll snap my fingers sometime i guess yeah but but thanos doesn't he doesn't try to get everybody to 
believe in his plan. He doesn't try to control anybody. Like, yeah, sure, it's true. okay, his end goal is terrible. But but he does two things. He doesn't try to control anybody else. He just murders them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's probably a nap violation, but whatever. But he murders them when they try to stop him. When, like, oh, they or when he snaps first. them. Well, yeah, okay, fair. And he's consistent. <laughs> and consistency is one of my mm-hmm. favorite values. Like, that's another thing that I love about the like liberty twitter and the mm-hmm. liberty movement is everybody's so consistent like if you look at if you look at someone who's a republican they're like back the blue also you can't take my guns right, right? <laughs> like they hold so many inconsistent positions and the same could be said of the other side right like they they're so inconsistent and if you ask them about it they get pissed at you and stop talking to you yeah. but liberty people are like no i just want everybody to be free the end and like, and you ask them like, well, what about this? And they're like, they're free. Yeah, who cares? Yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Are you coming to hurt me? No. Okay. And then proceed. Yeah. Okay. Can you guys explain the two kinds of assholes for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I started reading it before we went live, but I didn't get the chance to hold to read the whole thing. Okay. And now I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, they legitimately list out both types. So now you have to explain it to me. Yeah, so so we really love a lot of people. We really do. And we work with uh, maybe some of our coworkers on the stream. We invited them. Hi, guys. Um, and maybe my mom is on the stream. Mom, if you're there, say hi to Josh's mom, Joshua's mom. Yeah, I, that's honestly, if your mom's in the stream that's in the chat, that's like one of the coolest things that both of our moms are here. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so some of the people we work with are assholes. And we were talking about that because we work with a lot of people in sales mm-hmm. and there we were like, there's two kinds of assholes. There's, there's the kind of assholes we like and the kind of assholes we don't like. <laughs> and if my mom is still listening, <laughs> I apologize for all the swear words. I know you're not proud of me right now. Um, but anyway, and, and what we wanted to do was think about what is the difference between the kind of assholes we liked and the kind of assholes we didn't. And the conclusion we came to is that, Type one assholes are the ones everybody doesn't like. They don't care what you think of them and they don't care about you at all. Mm -hmm. Right. But type two assholes don't care what you think of them, but they do care about you. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people in the liberty movement who are type two assholes. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. They care about people. They just don't care what all the people think of them, right? Like uh, like Malice is a good case, right? Like he appears to not give a shit about what anybody thinks of them, uh, of him, but he goes around, I mean, he's going to write a book about white pilling because he actually cares about people, I think. Maybe he wouldn't admit any of these things. Right. But, but, you know, or... Well, you know, or, you know, you know, Malice watches the show every night, so... Yeah. Hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, the difference is, if you don't care what people think of you, that frees you to be able to do what you think is right. You know? And if sometimes you, people do not like that because... They, they want to control you because they want to control you and they've bought into this this pervasive mythology that every relationship is a series of transactions like person to person person to company person to government whatever it's a series of transactions and we've all agreed that we're going to mutually control each other and that's just how we're going to do things so if you step outside of that and you're like i think no i think no you can't control me also i don't want to control you either like that means we can both not be controlled and that seems better there are people who will lose their shit because they're like no 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 i have to be able to control you or you're the bad guy like that logic chain i have seen that happen to people so many times and often it's it's if you don't 
it's not actually that you don't care what other people think. I I can be hurt very, very deeply by someone saying something exclusionary or saying something mean or whatever. Like I have feels, I have a lot of feels, but it's not going to change what I do. It's not going to make me change who I am to make them more comfortable. And that's the piece that people are like, oh, well, you're an asshole. Like, eh, okay, fine. Yeah, except but you're no. a type two asshole, which is type my two. favorite kind. Yep. I would definitely say that I'm, I don't know if I'm an asshole, man. I do care sometimes what people think about me. I really do. Um, yeah. And, and you know, when I was going through these these uh, campaigns where these people were attacking me, I mean, there were some nights where I was like, oh, dude, this is brutal. You know what I mean? This shit hurts. Uh, but but I, did you change what you did? No. And I think I've become... I think I've become more of a type two asshole over the mm-hmm. years than I used to be, you know. Um, <laughs> but I've always cared about other people. I mean, you know, my mom, my mom's in the chat. She'll uh, she'll tell you I've always cared about other people very heavily. In fact, in fact, she always she likes to tell this story that we went to see. I, I can remember what movie it was. We went to see the movie Flubber, right? In mm-hmm. in the theaters. If you remember the Robin Williams movie, stupid movie yeah. Flubber. Uh, I was, oh God, I had to be maybe 10, 11. And there was, uh, the fire alarm started going off in the middle of the movie. And there was a bomb threat. And they were like trying to evacuate the theater. And my mom's running out and she turns around and realizes that I'm running around the theater making sure everybody's out of the theater. And so she's, she always tells this story. She's like, he, he really loves people and stuff. And I, and I, you know, I go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I do that now. I was just a really stupid kid, you know? <laughs> but, but, uh, you would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of thinking paths of uh, if you don't do what I ask you to do, you're the bad guy. Um, I've seen a lot of that recently in the public, right? I mean, we got mm-hmm. we got these, uh, we won't say the uh, the V word, but these passports and, and uh, you know, this public shaming and, you know, people trying to uh, use societal pressure through government edicts to mm-hmm. keep us from from traveling places where where you guys stand on that kind of stuff i (laughs) (laughs) he's giggling okay (laughs) so uh so we in the before times before covid we traveled for work a lot um we cover we're in the midwest we covered various midwest states we would travel to go speak at conferences like so this is something that is sort of at the top of everyone's minds as things start to open up because it's like well uh, who's going to require it? And if they require it, what the hell am I going to do? Like how much of my job am I willing to put on the line to be like, this is dumb and you are not the boss of me basically. Um, and I, I had a conversation recently where someone like there was a, a conversation about getting together in person and someone was like, well, if you're not vaccinated, don't come. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> like <laughs> this is not an official position anywhere. Like what? Yeah. And for me, the vaccines, it's more like, well, if, if someone gives me a good enough reason, I will happily do it. I have yet to hear that. And also just like someone telling me to do something because they say so is about the fastest way to get me to dig my heels in and be like, so you don't want me to do that then? Because that's not a good enough reason either. Yeah. that's uh, so, I mean, We talked about that in the beginning of the show when you were, you've, you've yeah. been that way since you were a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was quieter about it up until about four or five years ago. And then... I got I got louder um, and I got we actually got a lot of pushback from various organizations. If you dig back in the blog's history a bit, um, you'll see that we got kicked out of a church for it, uh, which sucked a lot to, to have. And then churches are their organizations that are run by people. So they are fallible. They they can fall apart. They can get sick in the way that any organization can. But I think if you go to a church and you really are trying to learn and you're really trying to be open to learning about God or learning about religion or building a community to then be told, well, you're not welcome here because you won't do what we want. And what we want doesn't make any sense, but still you're not welcome here because you won't do what we want. Like it's terrible. So we've been through it enough that like, I'm really sure (laughs) about what I think is right. Um, And so it's much harder for me to be quiet if I think that something is clearly stupid. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And collectivism, we talk about it as exile fear um, in the blog, but, but collectivism or tribalism or 
getting kicked out of a group because you don't virtue signal the right way. Um, we've run through that enough times that we're pretty hard about it. <laughs> um, and maybe that's what you got to do to be a libertarian is mm-hmm. be like, tribalism sucks. I don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There are some some libertarians that want to be a libertarian because it's their tribe. And, and maybe because they want to just keep losing forever and maybe they're... You know, we know what they're called, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, type, yeah, type I, one. I think, yeah, <laughs> n- yeah. Or yeah, there's going to be a follow up to that where we talk about people who, who don't care about other people, but care what people think about them. Sure. Yeah. Those people really don't like those people. Don't like those people. I but, think those are just called narcissists. Yeah. Also. So. Yes. But I, I, uh, I, I'm from now on only referring to people as type one and type two. I'm not, I'm no longer using the word asshole from now yeah. on. Be like, you know, you're a real type one, buddy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And people are going to be like, nobody's going to understand. It's going to be my own inside joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They're going to be like, dude, I don't even have diabetes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. I'll be like, it's not what I mean. You're number one. They're type one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start using it. I love it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but I think okay. I'm gonna try to answer your question too because because you asked both of us, and I think the the vaccine passport it it it's wrong for a lot of reasons. But but making people prove that they made a particular health choice, I think, yeah. is just that it's so inconsistent with both political parties. Actually, like yeah. like the Democrats will say, "Hey, it's my body, my choice. You don't get to pick what I do with my health." And until it benefits the tribe, and then you have to, you have to prove it. Mm-hmm. You have to prove it with a card that you show to get in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Republic—I don't know—I I already picked on the Republicans for being inconsistent. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, so can we ask? Can we ask you questions? Yes, and that was—I was, was going to talk about that because um, we, because Josh, Josh, and I have become really good internet friends. This is, and, and, and recently I've been talking to Lane a lot more, which is, you guys are both wonderful people. I'm super happy, but we could switch it up a little bit here since there's, they are newish to libertarianism. They could ask me questions because you guys never get to see me be interviewed on the show. Not like you haven't seen me being interviewed on 500 other shows, but anyways, (laughs) but yeah, and we're, we're on a couch too. Yeah. So this is a, this is a legit couch stream because we both have couches. And this is a great couch. It looks like nice. we we Craigslisted this bad boy. This is like a beautiful leather couch. I got this in. one on Facebook Marketplace. Nice. Yes. Like yeah. For a hundred dollars. See, this is my basement. Let me just explain this. This is my basement. And when we <laughs> moved in, this was already built back here. I mean, not the cool stuff that oh, I wow. had there, but it had this mm-hmm. this like media console area. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make this an awesome media room down here because you know, and then the kids can play behind it and stuff. And in fact, if you're looking that way. You'll see a giant Barbie dream house. I mean, it's total. <laughs> it's like the, I share this basement with the children. Okay, that's great. Um, but they had this, so I was like, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna buy a couch for down here. You know, so I went on Facebook Marketplace. I found this couch, and then I was like, I'm gonna put the kid, uh, the kid down here. He can play his video games down here and stuff like that. You know, um, and uh, they weren't following the rules down here, so I took it over this spot, and now we can yeah. do video games and stuff in the living room where everybody else is at. So, um, so, so that's actually how this couch was originally gonna be for this like media room that I was gonna build, and then I was like, you know, and it was gonna do on that side over there. I was gonna have a desk, and I was gonna set up like a desk show, and and Julia's like babe why don't you just turn the couch around and do like a couch stream and i'm like huh yeah that's a good idea and then i started thinking about all the people who constantly um slander me and talking about how i sleep from couch to couch to couch and i was like it's even better now it's got dual, dual, <laughs> yeah. dual meanings so but yes please their face in it please that's ask great. me some questions so so first, I'm not going to ask about how to be a libertarian. Yeah. You have all this ink. Like, I'm checking out all this ink on your arms. Yeah. That's great. Do you have a favorite tattoo or a favorite libertarian tattoo? Uh, I don't really have uh, I don't really have libertarian tattoos. I, and in fact, you know, it's a very sad story. I'm going to tell you a very sad story here. Uh, I have not gotten needle to skin in probably a decade. I think it's probably been over a decade. Oh no! Ten years, yeah. Oh no! And and before that, I was going you know pretty regularly, and then yeah. uh, life came up, man. You know, and I started dealing mm-hmm. with other stuff and doing different things, and it became it kind of became a 
uh, secondary thing for me. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm only four. I'm almost 40. I want to go get some more tattoos before, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so now okay. I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, man, I really want to go get some, some ink done. But, um, my favorite, my favorite tattoo is probably on my shin. I have Freddy Krueger and it was done by a gentleman named Tom Fury in, um, in uh, California. Who's really amazing from three star tattoo. And it was going to end up being a whole horror leg piece um and nice. so so i got the uh i got the freddy krueger on my shin uh, nobody's gonna be able to see it he's right there though um <laughs> That's awesome. yes i'm wearing i'm wearing basketball shorts by the way now look i'm telling myself today uh <laughs> and then uh no 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 pants today um and then i also on, on my other leg on the inside of my calf i have a cartoon picture of me when i was a little kid that says mama's boy on it and my that's my mom's favorite tattoo. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously. I got like this anarchist Captain America on the inside of my arm. That's kind of kind of libertarian. Cool. And then my ode, my ode to video games. I have the Pac Man and Ghosts and Cherries here. Um, so I don't know. I have a lot of really stupid tattoos, but I do, I do, uh, I do enjoy getting tattooed. So I need to go back. I know that you guys, you guys have written blogs about tattoos and that you guys mm-hmm. really enjoy getting tattooed and stuff too. So, but, uh, it's just been a long time for me. Yeah. It's time. You should, you should get yeah. more. I had a big, so I got my first tattoo when I was 14 because my mom let me, but, and the tattoo artist was on board. I don't know. It seems a little sketch in retrospect, but that's fine. And then I got a bunch between like 14 and 19. And then I had a really long break, probably 15 years almost of no tattoos at all, except for one that I got. And then I've been catching up (laughs) the past couple of years. And then like over COVID um, got how many, I think I've gotten like five or six and they're, they're big, like, and some of them were playing and some of them were just happened to be when the artist books open back up all at the same time. But yeah, I, and you, yeah. Show your light bulb tattoo. Well, okay. Oh yeah. For the, does it say, does it say soul repairs on it? No, it's just, but it is the same. So we use the light bulb um, we have for a long time is a reference or um, like a stand-in emoji for God. So that's why that's the logo of the blog. And that's what the tattoo is for. So that like sort of same, but not same. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and we were, it, the tattoo artist was amazing. And Yeah. Uh... So this was, this one was done. Um, we were down in Florida in January. Um and there was a on Clearwater Beach, and there was a tattoo shop walkable from where we were. And I was like, "Let's roll these dice and see what happens," because <laughs> you know it. And he had yeah, like walking I mean, appointments. Spring and, break tattoo shop. Yeah, shops. and I was a little, I was a little, I was a little concerned. But no, it's his name's Adam. He's at Psychotic Ink in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And like, I don't know how well you can see the detail, but it's it's grayscale and it's just it's stunning. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. He did an amazing job. So you need so. to go get some more tattoos, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. You know, and here, so here, there's some funny, some funny stories. I do. I also have a drunken Fourth of July tattoo behind my ear. That's a lollipop that says USA Sucka on it. Uh, <laughs> I got that. I got that. Oh God, it had to be. That's great. Uh, four, thir- Thirteen years, twelve years ago, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. my, my buddy used to live right down on the water in, in the little city I'm from called Antioch, outside of Oakland, California. And uh, every year they have this Fourth of July parade and the fireworks because we live right on the Delta and stuff like that. And it was really, it was always a lot of fun. And my buddy lived right across the street from the Delta. And so you couldn't get parking or find anywhere to sit down there. But we could go to my buddy's house who had a high balcony and it went mm-hmm. all the way around his apartment. And we could go out, we'd go there and we'd barbecue and, and uh, drink oh, beers yeah. and stuff. And then the tattoo shop is on Second Street right in front of the water. And so mm-hmm. they were doing these $20 fourth. You know how they run these yeah. $20 okay. deals. And uh, I had had one or two or 20 beers. <laughs> and uh, Tom Fury, actually, the same guy that did my Freddy, was the one one of the ones tattooing that day. And uh, I walked in. I was like looking at the sheet. And I'm like, oh, I want to get this lollipop behind my ear. This is a great idea. And so <laughs> I didn't have $20 cash on me. So I went to my brother, my older brother. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, can I borrow 20 bucks so I could get a tattoo? And he's like, he's like, what are you going to get? You know, and I'm like, uh, I'm going to get a lollipop that says USA suck on it right behind my ear. And he's all absolutely here's 20 bucks. Have fun. <laughs> and so um, so I walked I walked to this drink. tattoo yeah. shop. Yeah, I walked to this tattoo shop and I'm like, I'm drunk. Will you tattoo me? And he's like, uh, I'm drunk, too. Can I tattoo you? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, and so uh, I woke up the next day. I, I'll never forget. I woke up the next day and I'm, I go to the mirror and I'm like, oh, no, because I thought I had a sunburn, you know. Yeah. I was like, "Oh no, I really did it!" Oh God! So, 
Uh, no more, <laughs> no more drinking and getting tattoos after that. That was the last time. Um, yeah. but that's definitely, that's definitely a funny story to tell, uh, that I have not yeah. told the movement, uh, it'll ever. And so, so, so I understand that you're going to like give a speech this weekend. So maybe after that you could drink a little and then go out and get another tattoo. Terrible idea. Never again, <laughs> never drinking and tattooing again ever in my life. In fact, it's like, it's the one I want to get removed. So, so, um, but before that happened, I was a singer in a metal band and I, I played drums in some bands and stuff like that. And, uh, I was with this band who I was pretty sure was going to get famous because every band you get in, you're pretty sure it's going to get famous. Yeah. And so I actually had, booked an appointment to get my entire throat tattooed all the way oh. up to my ears Ooh. under my chin all of it oh damn and at the at the last second i backed out right and now and now at 38 years old i'm looking back going huh i guess that was a good idea <laughs> you know um but i was close man i was close i was one of those guys i was like i was gonna get my hands done my throat done all of it you know mm-hmm. And then uh, I, right last minute, I, I mean, I probably the night before I was like, ah, I think I'm going to do something different, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to get tattooed more for sure someday. It's such a good experience. So how much does it hurt behind the ear? Like that's well, got to. He gotta... doesn't know. No. He has no memory of it. I don't think <laughs> it I'll tell you, as far as pain goes, pain wise, my chest, I had my whole chest blasted and that was, has been the worst for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I it might be t- TMI, but once they get within an inch of your nipple, the rest of the tattoo feels like it's on your nipple. Um, and my shins, yep. my shins were really bad too. But it was getting tattooed on your shins was not that bad. It was the next morning when you wake up and you get out of bed and the blood rushes to your legs. Oh, it oh, is yeah. like immediately knocked me back down into bed. Like I was like, oh, I gotta go back, put the legs up, you know. Um, <laughs> yep. So so that was rough. But but yeah, uh, I'll probably get tattooed more eventually i'd imagine yeah so they do this thing now where they have like this tape they put on you no more of this plastic wrap stuff it's so much better it's yeah. so much better just so you know okay. it's so much better it's a little bit he's like, like i have no idea what it's you're a talking little bit about. like a sheet of really flexible double-sided tape um and so they like stick it on you and then peel the top off and it's clear and it moves and it like makes it it seals it so that it doesn't scab huh. um, so that you keep in a lot more of the color and yeah you don't it's lose it it's and, a game changer with yeah. color and it's huh. it also like that second third day healing time because i've had over the past few months i've had the front of both thighs done like all the way down both thighs big tattoos and that i was like oh man this is going to be terrible i'm going to bump into stuff and i'm just going to try to sleep and it's going to be awful but it helps with all of that too so it's it's a much different experience healing with that stuff than the old ways. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we are going to give a blog about tattoo pro tips, but we're doing it on we, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yes. So right. anyway, we oh, have sorry. another we have another question for okay. you. So we are new to the Libertarian Party, right? Like we hear all this drama and we we watch the various factions debate and we try to understand. And everyone's talking about these old authors from a hundred years ago um so so where do we start as new libertarians you know um how do we like we're in the movement now we're, we're like okay we want the libertarian party to be awesome and not like milk toast and half measures I, I want the libertarian party to be consistent bringing it back around yeah because if you're trying to like control people into doing what you want even if you think it's for a good cause that's still control like it's still control so I just want it to be consistent. Anyway, proceed. Yeah. I don't even know how to follow that. That was amazing. That was good. That was really okay, so give us advice about how to be new libertarians. Oh, man. I think so. I actually do think that literature is really important. Obviously, it's what it's what shaped my my journey to who I am today. Um, there's definitely some books out there that once you read them. You know, it's it opens a window you cannot close ever again. And to me, that's books like Murray Rothbard's For a New Liberty. Uh, F.A. Hayek's The Road to Serfdom. Um, obviously, when you get really into it, you want a, you want a solid book about economics, uh, human action by by Ludwig von Mises. It is as big as the Bible, though, so you really need to be ready to read it. Um, uh, it for for beginners on economics, Henry Hazlitt's uh, uh, Economics in, in One Lesson is. I mean, it is. I cannot stress how important that book is to anybody who's interested in libertarian economics. I mean, it literally goes over all of the fallacies created in economics today and why they're bad um, in a way that's super digestible. 
Um, but I do think that literature is really important. Also, just talking to people, you know what I mean? Talking to libertarians that have been around for a long time, uh, people who have read these books, who have been a part of the movement, who have worked with the, even the party, uh, you know, get, get to know them all. Get to know the, the counter-economics people, like the agorists who are, are actively um, opting out of the, of the government's control, um, even though it's illegal. Um, talk to the people who are working politically to push a political narrative that, that liberty is more important than, than authoritarianism. Uh, talk to the anarchists who want to abolish the, the entire thing. Um, and just find out where you are, man. You know what I mean? Find out what you believe in because you're going to hear, you know, there's still things. I consider myself an anarcho-capitalist. I talked about this with, with Ace last night. A lot of anarcho-capitalists have made it hard for me to say that I'm an anarcho-capitalist, but I am still, I mean, Murray Rothbard is my ideal philosopher when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, so, so I do consider myself an anarcho-capitalist. Um, and, uh, uh, but you know, there's still some things occasionally that I don't ex- perfectly agree with. You know, I do think while, especially while there's a state involved, we need some protections for children. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those guys who's like, Abolish the age of consent tomorrow. You know what I mean? No, thanks. I'm good. You know, I got kids and stuff. And um, if we're if we if we get the state down to just being uh, defensive of property and uh, children, I'll, I'm perfectly happy with that. You know what I mean? That's a good that's a good start. Uh, but I just I just think that you know finding out where you are and what you want to see happen in the world is important because libertarians truly true libertarians are going to leave you alone to make those choices anyways. So you want to figure out where you're at and, and where you want to be. But but literature, man, it's it can't be stressed enough how important it is. I wish more people would read um, the, the, the important books that uh, led a lot of libertarians to become who they are today. Yeah, and I, I've really enjoyed like listening to podcasts and listening to some of the things the podcasters talk about, like – we were talking before the show about the Sarwak Dave Smith debate. You know that that for me is what really opened my eyes to like, oh shit, the Libertarian Party could be good. Because I, I before then I was like, these guys are losers. They never do anything. And I was like, I'm the real loser. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, but so I had to figure that out, right? But uh, um, and there's so much good internet content because I don't have attention mm-hmm. spans. I'm terrible at reading books. Mm-hmm. I am. So, <laughs> so for me, you know, like Ace is great. I, I shout out to the Slurp Gang, right? They're funny. Um, th- there's so much good stuff that's funny and educational, and I and I get someone else's opinion, and it can help form what I think. Um, I don't know. So, what about involvement? That's another question. Like, okay, I read a bunch of books, and I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and I want to do something. How do I... Like, the Libertarian Party's weird. They have all these affiliates and, like, meetings. <laughs> like, I want to just vote in a primary like a regular Republican or Democrat, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how all this works. And, like, you, there's a committee that you're a part of. Like, this is something we talked yeah. about for hours. Yeah. How does that work? Because he, he like, actually does understand it. He's just like, this is a thing, a new... Like, a baby Libertarian. Like, magnets, man. How do they work? <laughs> Magic. Like... Draw me a freaking diagram four different times because I'm like, I don't – do you have to be a member? Because we're going to go to the state convention. I'm like, do you have to be a member? Do you have to be a delegate? What is the difference? I'm so confused. Like, yeah. So so here's the thing. You don't actually have to be a member of the Libertarian Party to vote for Libertarian candidates. If you want to vote in the presidential primary, you absolutely do. Um, if you want to vote in any primaries, mostly with the states too, like if they're going to endorse or have some kind of endorsement primary at the, at the state level for like us Congress or something like that, usually you'll have to vote for those endorsements. You have to be a member of your state party, uh, to become a delegate to the state conventions. You have to become a state delegate, uh, you're a state party member. If you want to be a national, uh, party delegate. Many times you only in many states you only have to be a member of of the state. Some you have to be a member of national, but you don't have to do any of that to vote for libertarian candidates. Some some states you just have to register as a libertarian with your your voting uh, your the the registrar. Sometimes you don't even have to do that. You know what I mean? Um, but so the way that, like, the, the where national- libertarian candidates come from, like I'm used to primaries, right, and all this system. So 
Where does that? How does that happen? Well, we still have a primary, but we have an intra-party primary, right? Yeah, so yeah. ours is a little different. We don't have the the nation as a whole vote on our on our national can, on our presidential and vice presidential candidate. That comes from the eleven hundred delegates that show up to the national convention. Uh, there's really cool debates. It's actually national conventions are a blast, man. Like, you know, there's a lot of really boring stuff like floor motions and and bylaws and platforms, but. There's always great speakers. They have great luncheons and dinners and, and balls and benefits and fundraisers. And, you know, like when we were in Orlando, they had a, swim, a swimming pool. So the Mises Caucus guys went out there and threw a huge pool party. You know what I mean? It's, it's fun. <laughs> I, and and it, it wasn't probably helping the, the uh, you know, this, this kind of thought that they're the, uh, what do they call them, the, the frat boy caucus or whatever. But, you know, it was still fun. Um, and a lot of other people came, too. It wasn't just Mises Caucus people. And, and uh, you know, it's a really good time. But it is also the place where you get to vote on your party leadership. Like Nick Sarwark, who just got noted in New Hampshire. Um, thank God. And, uh, and so, if, you know, if you want to vote for a chairman of the national party or the, or the other officers like the treasurer and the, uh, and the um, secretary and... Uh, you know, all that other stuff. I'm, I'm so lost right now. Uh, and then, you know, we have five at large reps. I'm an at large rep. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and then regional reps too, they get chosen just by their regions, but still usually typically at the national convention. Um, and they represent the, the, the membership as, as the, as the board members. So what we do is we go to our, you know, our membership or the States that we represent, or we take polls and we come to the, the board meetings and we're the ones who vote on the things that, that the party does. That's what the board does. And the Republicans have a national committee, too. And so do the Democrats. They have the DNC and the RNC, and we have the LNC. Okay. So it's the same thing. It runs the same way, but we're just a little more wacky. We have a pink-haired lady that takes all the notes, and she's really awesome. I love Karen Ann Harlos. Um, you don't really... Yeah, you don't typically see that at the at the RNC or the DNC. Maybe the DNC, but definitely not the RNC. Um, so, uh, you know, getting involved is really up to you. You know, and that's the thing is, like... There's more than just one way to push for liberty in this country. And, and as, as, you know, as a member of the, the National Committee for the Libertarian Party, you know, I'm supposed to tell you there's only one way to do that. You have to join political <laughs> sphere and you have to get this done, you know, and, and we have to push it. You know, it's not it's not the only way there's counter economics. There's crypto, uh, especially I think is probably one of the, you know, Bitcoin, especially um, with how many people are mass, you know, it's, they're pushing for mass mass adoption of this great store of value that is a, a decentralized currency that's circumventing the federal government. I mean, it doesn't get more libertarian. Look how happy he is. I know. You know? You're be like, I'm so happy. Yeah. About by the way, this. by the way, I just want to give a big, big shout out to Anchor for dropping to its bottom today on payday. Thank you very much. But um, and so, uh, but um. Yeah, you know, there's there's more than one way. There's, you know, there's local level stuff. You know, if you if you want to work in the political sphere, you can, you know, you can push for all kinds of different things and, and political coalitions and, and and fight bad bills and, and you know, call your legislator. And um, there's a lot of other things you can do besides the party. But, you know, if you want to work on the national political stage as a libertarian, there is no other place for you. So I'm glad that you guys, you know, are taking that dive and getting involved and uh, you'll set through some boring meetings and some boring floor motions and, but it'll be worth it in the end. I promise if you're really interested, it will be worth it in the, in the end, especially to take this party away from absolute and total losers that have been driving it into the ground for the last decade to see people <laughs> like Dave Smith and Tom Woods and, uh, and Scott Horton and Michael Heiss and the libertarian people, party Mises caucus become the driving force that we know they can be for Liberty in this country through political means. It's going to be a lot of fun to be a part of that. So, yeah, I, I have two political goals. The first one is that the LPNC, like the nationwide Twitter account, uh, is a lot spicier. And the second political goal is that Scott Horton becomes Secretary of Defense. Yeah, I don't care who's president. I don't care who's VP. But if we get Scott Horton as SecDef, we win. Like we've just won. It'll be amazing. I fully agree with you, brother. I fully agree with you. Hey guys, so we are at the hour mark. That was okay. A, that was a great conversation. Honestly, very very good. I want these people that are watching and anybody who watches this show in the next couple days or whatever to please follow my friends Josh and Lane. Will you guys please do that for me? And where can they follow you guys at? So we are on, we each are on Twitter. We have Twitter accounts. Um, yours, yours is architect underscore Josh. Mine is Laney, L-A-I-N-I-E, 
FTW, so like Laney for the win, all one word. My name is Lane, but I use Laney as a nickname. Um, that's where you can kind of find me everywhere online. We also have just a soul repairs Twitter that I just made like two days ago. So I was like, that might be easier. <laughs> um, and that's soul underscore repairs at Twitter. Um, and then our website, soul-repairs.com, there's contact information there as well. And you can, we even made like a contact form. So and there's a lot of, there is a lot of content on soul repairs. That's really cool. You guys should definitely check it out and give it a read. Uh, you'll get to know Josh and Lane a lot better. I'm sure if you read their blogs that they, you guys co-author this stuff. And so yep. it's really, really cool. Um, definitely some interesting takes on there that I, that I, I like a lot and I am happy to know you guys. Thank you so much for coming on my show. And yeah, uh, I mean, thank you for having us. I was a little like, that seems like a bold move. <laughs> Why? I thought it was great. Completely boring. We could be terrible. We, we could have been. been, we could have been terrible. Yeah, you guys but we were wonderful. So. I think this was a great show. I think people are going to really enjoy this show. <laughs> we had fun. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you guys have fun. Uh, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Please. All right. Hey, thank you both so much. You guys have a wonderful night. You yeah, too. you too. All right, guys. Another show in the books. Thank you so much to all the people who were uh, partaking in the chat. If before you head out, you can like this video to help the algorithm. And also, just so you guys are aware, I know I put it in the chat sometimes, we do have a really cool Patreon uh, with lots of awesome tiers. Um, you can become a member there and really help the show continue to grow. Um, and uh, become a part of a community that has a really cool uh, uh, private Discord server. Um, and like I said, you can win yourself some pretty cool swag over there too. Um, I would appreciate it if you go there. It's at uh, patreon.com backslash breakthecyclejs. But you can also, if you hate Patreon as much as the next libertarian for being a little yeety, you can also go over to, um, to subscribestar.com. Uh, backslash break the cycle JS. It's the same thing, but they don't kick people off. So uh, anyways, before we take off, make sure you check out Lorenzotti.coffee. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount on some of the, but pr probably the best Italian coffee you could ever order delivered straight to your door. Check out toplobsta.com. The man, the myth, the legend is one of my favorite people in this world. He is my partner at this point. Uh, he has amazing gear. Go there, use BTC at checkout to get a 10% discount. Also, anthemplanning.com for all of your emergency crisis planning needs, whether that be personally or for your business. They're doing something that the government sucks at, so use them, please. Uh, and let's check out the schedule. Oh, uh, Friday, I'm going to be driving down to Missouri. I'll be speaking at the uh, Libertarian Party of Missouri State Convention in Columbia, Missouri on Saturday at like 2. I think my I think my talk starts at 2. I think it's like a 30-minute talk. But if you guys are in the vicinity, you should definitely come and hang out, have a glass of rye with me, listen to my talk, enjoy some cool Missouri Libertarians. Uh, but Friday night after we get to the hotel, I'm going to be doing the show on the road with Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. We are going to talk about all things nullification and why states should tell the federal government to get fucked. Uh, and then next week, we have Reed Coverdell, Andrew Cooper Ryder, Dave Casey, and the great Phil Labonte from All That Remains. I am stoked. I don't think he understands how big of a fan I was of All That Remains. And having him on my show now is going to be insane. So, Friday night. I will see you guys, but until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame. But I just went in Minecraft. The helicopter part wasn't referenced to. Holy shit, I think I'm